Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One of the absolute most effective ways to get attention for your ideas, your thoughts, your products, your services, your brand is earned media, is space on shows, on media platforms, in articles, in blogs, on podcasts, etc. However, it's also one of the most neglected channels for people promoting their ideas, thoughts, services, and products. Why, you might ask? Because there's a lot of opacity around it, right? There's a lot of cloudiness that people don't know where to start. Traditionally, there's been a lot of gatekeepers and people and platforms set in place to make you have to go through certain channels. Well, that is no longer the case, but smaller brands and businesses and founders still struggle with this idea because we think that there, there still are these gatekeepers and these certain exclusive channels that we must follow in order to gain earn media exposure. Well, I am very happy to tell you that today we're going to break down some of those walls and some of those barriers, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about. What's up, storytellers? Welcome back to the Storytelling Lab podcast. This is episode 135, and today my guest is Kaylee Hamilton of Kaylee Media. Now, here is the awesome thing about Kaylee. She spent the whole first part of her career as a reporter for Hollywood, for celebrities, learning from the big brands and the big names on how to gain media exposure, on how to get people to talk about you and tell your story. Now, the way a lot of us, smaller or medium-sized brands, have probably viewed this is, well, that's for them and it's not for me. But I am a firm believer in success leaving clues. And now more than ever, we have the power. Individual brands, small brands have the power to find your ideal audience. You no longer have to wait for someone to choose you or a news reporter from Forbes to reach out to you, right? You can go to these platforms and not just these big mainstream platforms, but smaller platforms, bigger platforms that are more perfectly aligned with your message or your ideas or your products. Kaylee in this conversation walks you through exactly how to do it. And that is the thing. That is the problem with all of this is people have no idea where to start. But along the journey of this conversation, we get to the real emotional heart based transformation that you must have to identify and understand your story in a way that makes it easy to pitch and therefore easy for those media outlets to accept it and say yes and have you on their shows. So come to the conversation for the tactical, strategic advice that you can apply today, but stay for the emotional journey of understanding who you are and how you are different, how you were built different from your competitor in a way that shapes your story so that media outlets can't say no. This is my excellent conversation with Kaylee Hamilton, and I hope that you love it.
Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, award-winning filmmaker and writer, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Tuesday morning, I send out a quick storytelling tip to my newsletter subscribers. I show you techniques I've learned along my journey and used in my own stories, as well as those of my clients. But most importantly, I leave you with tangible takeaways that you can apply to your brand storytelling immediately. Oh, well, actually, more importantly than that, it's free. If this would help you, sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Kaylee. Hi, well, Rain. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited too. And first, before we move forward, I, I just got to sing your praises. So everyone uh, listening, watching, and then listening when we release the podcast knows that you were so tech savvy that you just had a major <laughs> troubleshooting win before we got started that I couldn't even help you with. Uh, but you know what? They say teamwork makes the dream work. So I just got to say, I was just going to say it was a team. It was a team effort. That's why I we're a little late with the live stream. I, but set, no, thank I, you I so set much. it up. I set it up and you brought it home. That's basically the, uh, <laughs> the workflow that we had folks. Um, I just want to get into it. I have a lot of things that I want to talk to you about and we could probably talk for hours. I'm really interested in, in this aspect of storytelling and, and people sharing their own stories. And I think it's really valuable because most of my listeners are, I, I I don't know if people take this term the wrong way in terms of the connotation, but like, I feel like underdogs, right? They're small to medium business owners, people that are like totally. over overwhelmed and under-resourced at time at, at times. And I love the perspective of like how we can learn from those that might have bigger budgets uh, and bigger teams, et cetera, because there's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned from that, even if we don't have the same resources. And I think, often people neglect that because they think, oh, I don't have that. Therefore, I can't use that strategy instead right. of what's another way I can come at that strategy. So that this is the essence of what I think we'll talk about today and why I'm really excited because I kind of preach a similar message from a different point of view. But let's start, let's start with the basics. Uh, like very, very simple for uh, in terms of uh, just getting a, a framework for understanding for folks. What is like the definition? What is earned media? What does that mean? Mm, earned media. It's it's when you are promoted on a third party platform that isn't owned by you. So it's not your website. It's not your social media. And it's also not paid marketing, paid advertising. It's when your story or your expertise um, is shared by a bigger platform that's owned by a third party. So that could be a Forbes or a podcast interview or a TV platform. And it just really gets you access to much wider audiences. Right. And I think that you kind of uh, at least indirectly alluded to uh, something that I think is important when you said that you didn't pay for, right? Uh, we can get right. into this maybe later, but there's a lot of that media coverage that people I think think uh, is organic and earned media when in fact it is paid for and that might lead to the discrepancy or the limiting belief that some smaller creators or businesses and brands have where they think I can't get that, that type of write up. And, and totally. maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring down some of those, uh, some of those walls today. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about first in that space about earned media about like you, you already gave me a couple, but what are some of the traditional examples of that? Yeah. You mentioned Forbes. So what, what are other traditional examples of, earned uh, media platforms? Yeah. So it can be digital or print platforms. Um, and you can either be featured. It can be like a feature article on you and your business, a whole article. Your name is in the headline. You're the main focus. Or it can be what we call a media mention. So say a reporter 
is writing an article on something maybe newsworthy in your industry, and they speak to you as an expert. And so you're quoted in that article. Again, earned media, you still get exposure, just a little bit smaller. It's not a feature, but it's still very impactful when you are quoted in an outlet and your name is there, the name of your company is there. Sometimes there's a backlink, which is really great for digital. Um, So yeah, it can be digital outlets, print magazines, um, television is another one. So if you can go local on your local news station, talk about something happening in your community or something timely, if there's like a national awareness day of sorts that you can speak on. that would be earned media. They have you in studio. You would film a segment, super fun, very exciting. You get all your friends to tune in and watch. Um, and then that's kind of the more traditional side of earned media. And now with social media, with podcasts, um, my agency focuses a lot on podcasts. I'm a huge podcast fan, obviously. Um, but yeah, podcasts are kind of the newer earned media where you pitch your story, your expertise to different podcast shows. Um, and you get interviewed on those shows and kind of tap into those audiences, share your knowledge and value with those um, built up podcast platforms. What I love about this conversation already is, is uh, where I wanted to lead you. You're already kind of leading me. So again, Perfect. this team, this team uh, interview <laughs> we're that we're team building. <laughs> um, so my next question where I was kind of driving with building that foundation of like, okay, where are we starting? What's earned media? is how has it changed, right? So much has changed in the digital landscape recently for filmmakers and storytellers and writers like myself, for people in PR space. Um, And you've already talked about that specifically with social media, with podcasts. So my initial question, which was like, how has it changed and what are some newer examples uh, has evolved a little bit. If there are other examples, I'd love to hear them, but I'm most interested in what are the differences now that we have these newer digital channels of earned media uh, versus traditional like television, et cetera, television yeah. print. And also what are the similarities? Because sometimes, you know, the, the, the mediums, the media changes, but like the approach isn't nece- doesn't necessarily change. So I'm interested in diving into like, let's compare and contrast kind of the old world, old Hollywood to this creator economy and this social media landscape that we have now. I know a lot of the listeners to the show are public speakers or they want to become public speakers, but the problem that many experienced and aspiring professional speakers face is that they simply don't have the time to grow their business the way they would like. And look, I get it. I've been there. Maybe you're there right now. That's why I started using the team at Virtual Campfires to provide me with leads to events and conferences that are a good fit for my message. So they send me all the relevant details I need to immediately reach out and start a conversation with those decision makers. And they've worked with hundreds of speakers to provide tens of thousands of event leads, and it's easy to see why. Outsourcing this time-consuming step has saved me hours and hours of scanning Google and lets me go faster towards my goal of more events, more audiences, and more impact. All you need to do is email leads at virtualcampfires.com to see how their lead subscription business can help you the same way it's helped me. Again, that's leads at virtualcampfires.com. Let them help you tell more great stories and get paid for it. Let's compare and contrast kind of the old world, old Hollywood to this creator economy and this social media landscape that we have now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the old, the older, more traditional just back in the day would also include like newspapers or radio. And I mean, those, yeah, those are still around and you can still get great coverage from those. But now, like I said, it's podcasts, it's social media. And I feel like there's a lower barrier of entry now with newer platforms. So with podcasts, there are so many podcasts out there. Um, And it's just a matter of getting really clear on what value you can share with those podcast hosts, connecting with them. And like I said, the barrier of entry is lower. It's not like it used to be where there's only a handful of major outlets that everyone wants to get into and you have to maybe know a journalist or have some sort of contact or have an in. Um, Now with podcasts, there's a slew of podcasts. There's so many in different niches and different industries. And those podcast hosts are more accessible than maybe maybe older like traditional outlets. So 
it's just a matter of um, connecting with those podcast hosts in your industry. And those podcast hosts are leaders in their industry and they're out there on social media. They're attending conferences and events in your industry. So it's very easy and doable to connect with those people and share your story and then get on their podcasts. Same with social media. It's like it kind of it's like the new Hollywood. My background, I worked in entertainment news in Hollywood and social media influencers are the new celebrities. Back in the day, it was like, you're a celebrity if you are an actor, an actress, a singer, a pop star. And there was only a handful of those huge celebrities. Now you go online and I come across people with millions and millions of Instagram followers who I've never even heard of before. Like there's just so many other new age kind of the celebrities of social yeah. media. So it just kind of, it gives more people the ability to be seen, build a platform, build a community. And then as business owners, tap into those communities, partner with those people to get that earned exposure. Yeah, I think that's such a good point about uh, the accessibility of, of yeah. show hosts and people now with a platform and the and the ability it's not like zero coverage or top 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 you know biggest name in the business there's a whole lot of in between like my show for example when when you all re you know reached out to me and we connected in my space uh i'm pretty you know well known but we're not a huge show we're like a mid-range show like we don't have no listeners and we don't have millions of listeners right we're somewhere there in the middle and there's that's a huge space in the middle that and yeah. in, in my community we talk about all of us, very specifically what you and I are talking about today, storytelling, you know, sharing your story, how you can share social media, all the things that we're talking about. So it's not like a big, big podcast where we talk about such a wide range of subjects. It's hard to be seen. And when I'm reaching out to guests, I often that's kind of my selling point is like, hey, we're not the biggest show, but. 100% of my audience is going to be interested in what you have, right? And, and that usually converts them because you could go on a show with millions of followers and maybe a tiny percent will, maybe they, they won't. Yeah. And something else I've learned very recently from a guest is even the big shows are probably still a small team and, and those people are accessible. Uh, a couple of episodes ago I had on, I don't know if you're familiar with the podcaster and the YouTuber, um, John Allen, his, his name online is Mr. Ballin, and he tells these stories of the strange, dark, and mysterious. And he's got like 7 million followers, like huge creator. And I interviewed like his CEO. He has a, a, you know, a whole company, a whole enterprise built around this now that, that he had started in his basement a few years ago. Amazing. But still he and I, the, you know, were able to connect on LinkedIn very, very easily, even though he has a team and millions of subscribers and followers, even at that level, it's still very accessible. So I just wanted to, yeah. re to reiterate that point that you made for people to hear it twice, because, you know, I might be one thing, but even someone at that level, you can have access to, whereas, as you said, in the past, we didn't necessarily have that you know, that, that, uh, that access to, there was gatekeepers and, you know, and, and key holders and all of those people preventing us from getting through. So it's such a good point people need to hear. That's so true. And that's the magic of social media and just being seen online and connecting through LinkedIn and other platforms could, because you can form those relationships with those people that seem like they could be inaccessible. Um, and yeah, you really can be seen on their platforms by connecting with them on socials and what you said about your niche target audience, mm -hmm. like how there's that kind of in-between, sometimes those yield the biggest ROI for clients totally. and business owners because they're, it's just so niche and it's such a perfect audience as opposed to them going on a Good Morning America or going on this huge, huge podcast where, like you said, maybe a small percentage would only really resonate or be potential buyers or clients for whatever business that they're speaking on. So I always tell my clients that it's so important to tap into all of the different types of totally. platforms and all the different types of audiences, regardless of the size. You know what this, you know, what I'm thinking of now, as you're saying that I'm realizing that I bet a lot of creators or thought leaders or, or founders are still kind of subscribing to that old school belief where they think it's only a good morning America mm -hmm. and not all these, th this huge amount of creators and shows that are, there's a lot wider selection, but that are not that 
um, I don't know, you want to say at that level, but you know, like don't have that big of a mainstream following. And that's, that's, that's to their detriment because what, you, like what you're saying is, you know, the percentage of conversion might be a lot bigger, you know, uh, with one of those mid ranges. But a, a lot of times, cause I see this like, Oh, I want to write a best-selling novel or, Oh, I want to be on the today show. And these like really big goals, that you don't necessarily need to achieve that are really hard to achieve, but you also don't need them to build a business. I don't want to digress too much, but a quick example in my own career is, you know, when I started public speaking, I was like, Oh, I want a Ted talk, a TEDx talk. Mm-hmm. And my business coach, like mentor at the time was like, why? And I was like, really like threatened by that. And I got defensive <laughs> and I was like, well, why not as TEDx? And his point was, it's like, well, you don't need TEDx. It's nice, but you don't need it to build a career in speaking. Right. And I didn't, I did finally get a TEDx four years ago. Zero clients have come from that TEDx, Whoa. right? Zero clients have, have come from me having that on my LinkedIn bio. A few people have like, hey, I found your TED Talk and we've made connections. Mm-hmm. But what got me the clients was reaching out to to uh, people that I w- was aligned with, right? Like, hey, I should speak at your company, your event, because your people are exactly the people that I help instead of some lofty goal that doesn't translate to real, like actionable, uh, you know, conversion like that. So I've experienced it myself. And so I think it's important. I don't want to stay here forever, but I just think that a lot of times people overlook it and that there is so much more opportunity now. uh, And like you said, a lower barrier to entry, but only if you kind of reframe things. Right. Mm -hmm. I know. And those lofty goals are great. I'm all about like dreaming big and, it Agreed. certainly is doable. Like you absolutely, and it helps with credibility um, first and foremost. But when it comes, like you said, to the conversions and like what you get out of that, it's it's different. It's really important to just reframe and have a growth mindset, like an open mindset. So many people just get stuck on, I want Forbes and Forbes only. Right. And then it's like, I don't know if it's like an ego thing where they, totally. and then they want to say no to the smaller opportunities. And it's like those smaller opportunities snowball into the bigger and bigger and bigger. And once you get the energy of that momentum going, it really does grow. And that's first of all, how you get to the Forbes and the Today Shows, but also along the way, that's when you tap into and reach all of the people you want to reach. And it's a matter of like reframing rather than thinking I'm getting media exposure just to highlight myself. It's more so like I'm getting media exposure to provide value and make an impact and reach people who are waiting to hear from me. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what I tell my clients when it comes to perception. I love that so much. And and it's important to have them both. I totally agree. It's, It's good to dream big, but if you're only like swinging for the fences and not worried about just like, how am I getting on base? Right. Or like, it made me think when you were just explaining that about like a financial strategy, if you only waited for these huge moments of opportunity where like the economy tanks and then you can really like make huge returns, you're not going to have like, you, you're not going to have that much success and it may or may not happen. And instead it's kind of like diversification, right? You have like, Uh, a few simple strategies just to save like a little bit and then some that are a little bit deeper and then some where you're going really risky for those chances to really take the leap up which would be like the good morning america or something yeah but you have to have that 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 base of like hey i've been on these shows i've done this stuff and like you said it it leads you to those other ones because if you get the opportunity and they're like oh what have you done and you've done five mid-range shows then that's probably i'm guessing here you can correct me if i'm wrong like the equivalent to doing one big one, right? Mm-hmm. Like or at least you're showing that people are interested in what you have to say first and foremost, instead of just like cold calling somebody and be like, Hey, put me on your show. Right. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's like doing, never being too good for opportunities, but also on the flip side, not thinking, not convincing yourself that you're too small for the huge opportunities. Love and that. when it comes to not saying no to the smaller opportunities, like if you think of, any celebrity or any huge entrepreneur who puts themselves out there, they are everywhere. Like even they aren't too big to say no to so many opportunities. I was, I've been following along um, the singer Ed Sheeran. I love him, but he's promoting his new album. He's going on tour and I'm seeing that he is popping up everywhere. Not just like the big outlets or the big shows he's playing small shows. He showed up 
in the streets of New York City and played a show on top of a car for random people. And then he also was at like the ACM Awards, which is country music and performed a duet with Luke Combs. So he tapped into like the country market. Like he is not, even Ed Sheeran is someone who like shows up everywhere and clearly says yes to so many exposure opportunities when he's promoting his music. So yeah, when it comes to earned media, it's like say yes to everything and yeah, it's worth it. I have had more success in booking uh, bigger guests than like the mid the mid range ones. Like I, I've got basically like turned <laughs> turned down by one in the in the storytelling space. It's like twenty to forty thousand followers, whereas the one that has two million plus was like an immediate like sure let's do it let's set it up and that right? was it and it's so that's, that's exactly that, the mindset shift yeah yeah that's a really good point i've seen it in action um all right let's step back a little bit i want to learn a little bit more about you and how you got here so uh you told me before we started recording um you know you grew up in in um kind of the middle of the country colorado i believe um so like what led you to to Los Angeles and what were you what were your goals when you were kind of uh first getting out there yeah oh my gosh I grew up in Colorado but I grew up watching entertainment tonight every night after dinner with my mom and she's I feel like my family's kind of into celebrity Hollywood I have some people from my history and like um, grandparents, aunts, uncles who have worked in the industry, but growing up in Colorado, I wasn't around it, right. but I was so fascinated by celebrities, the red carpets, their lives. And I didn't want to necessarily be an actress or be a singer, but I wanted to know them. Like I was always fascinated by the red carpet reporters who were interviewing these celebrities. I just wanted to connect with these people who made their like biggest, wildest dreams come true. I was just so intrigued. And so my curiosity got the best of me. And I, yeah, I went to college in San Diego and then I ended up landing an internship at Entertainment Tonight of all places the summer before my senior year of college. And then um, they hired me once I graduated and I worked my way up just from a production assistant. Um, I became head of a department. I started field producing, doing red carpet interviews. And it was interesting because I grew up so painfully shy and just I had so many insecurities and it was a it was a weird contrast where half of me was like I am so shy I am not like worthy of this I'm so insecure and have all these thoughts in my head but then the other side of me was so curious and had these really big dreams and wanted to be in entertainment and it was just, again, a perception shift where I didn't allow myself to lean into and identify with being the shy girl, even though in literally like sixth grade, I went to a new brand new school and was so shy. I didn't know anyone. They called me the shy girl. So even when people like give you that name and quote unquote identity, it's just, yeah, it's important to not believe some of those stories if you don't want that to be part of your journey. So I really pushed past my insecurities, low self-worth, and just worked really, really hard to, to do my dream job. And I totally did. I interviewed so many celebrities. I worked the biggest red carpets, the Oscars, the Grammys, the Golden Globes. And it was like, just so magical. And I worked with the best people in the industry. I learned so much. And then um, COVID hit and uh, I was working at Us Weekly at that time and doing reporting in Los Angeles. And, you know, all the red carpets shut down, everything shut down. Um, during that time, I also went through a breakup. I was turning 30 that year. It was one of those like life shifting yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. years where I was like, oh my gosh, everything has changed. What I thought my future was before is totally scrapped. <laughs> it's always around a breakup too. Like that is always part of it or yeah, yeah. always. I know it was a total <laughs> seismic shift, but it was good. I mean, in hindsight, it was exactly what I needed because that's when I, kind of was able to turn inward and I turned to podcasts. I turned to articles. I found so many people, so many experts, so many founders who made themselves visible on media platforms. And I felt like they were speaking directly to me. Um, and I was just able to shift and come up with a whole new outlook for my life. Um, I learned about like neuroscience. I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. He is a researcher, neuroscientist, and he taught, he teaches just kind of how, to, how powerful your thoughts are when it comes to 
manifesting your dream life. And so I got really into that. I started a meditation practice. I just totally up-leveled my life. And it was because of these distant mentors that I felt like showed up for me. Like I didn't even have to seek them out. It's like they put, made themselves available and visible to me. So that's when I kind of realized, wow, with my background in media and broadcast and digital and print, I know exactly how to get um, founders and experts and people with inspiring stories earned media exposure. And I just realized there's probably so many other founders, entrepreneurs, experts out there who don't know how to utilize the power of the media to be seen and reach the people who need to hear them. And so that's when I started my agency two years ago, Kaylee Media, to help people share their stories and get visible to reach the people who need to hear them. This, I'm so moved <laughs> by what you've just said in the past few Aww. minutes. Like, no, I sincerely, and it always comes back to this. It always comes back to the story that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And I've been, I've been there. First of all, I've, I don't even know where to start, Kaylee. Uh, <laughs> no, because it, like so many things you just said, I have things to respond to about. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing notes furiously. Um, first of all, uh, as someone who has started off as a production assistant in the film yes. world, like I commend you for that. I was so like, that was like the first thing you said in, 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 uh, <laughs> in, in your monologue right now. Um, and that was so inspiring because I've been there. Uh, all the way to like a co-founder at a new startup now, right? And so I, I respect that so much because I know that journey of, of, of kind of you know just working your way from the bottom to the top, right? That's it's it's impressive and 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 commendable. Uh, I have a lot to say. So first, first I want to know in that time, which had to be so exciting. You used the word magical, in fact, which I think is very appropriate. Uh, you alluded to some of these, but what were some of the moments? you know, one or two moments that really stood out to you in that journey. And probably you can see them more now in hindsight where you were really like, uh, oh. okay. Sorry. I think there was a little outage. Yeah. Can you hear me? Sure. Yeah. Got you back. So, uh, I was just saying in that magical part of your career, when you're, you know, at the red carpets, uh, and you kind of alluded to some of these, but what were some of those one or two or handful of moments that you now look back at, maybe you couldn't see it then, maybe you could, where you're like, oh my God, like I was, I was really in it. Like I was really doing it. The moments when you were the most proud of yourself. Oh, that's such a good question. I remember so clearly the very first red carpet I ever attended and it was when I was still interning and it was for a film called Savages starring Blake Lively and John Travolta and Taylor Kitsch and Selma Hayek. It was a cool like group of yeah. actors. And so it was a big premiere like down in Hollywood. And I just remember being there and I was like, and I had worked all summer without having attended an event yet. And it was my first event and I got there and it was just one of those moments where it was like, oh my gosh, I actually made it here. And also it feels exactly like I'm in the exact right place. It felt so right. And it was just a beautiful moment. And I know I, I was, even though I was still an intern and I was going back to school and I still wasn't sure what, what my future held, it was still one of those moments that gave me evidence um, as a 20 year old that I could make my dreams come true if I tried hard enough and believed hard enough. And that's just so important for your brain to just collect those little pieces of evidence, even if it's not you experiencing it firsthand even if it, if you see somebody else um, making their dreams come true and it's somebody that you resonate with or relate to and you think wow if they can do it why can't I do it that's something I really lean into that really helps me to make make things happen and achieve goals but yeah I would say that first red carpet was something where I was like wow this is where I'm meant to be and I'm able to get there and so I'm going to keep keep pushing. That's the perfect answer to my question. Like it really is those moments where things change. And sometimes it's, uh, the, the seismic changes, like you said, sometimes it's, yeah. you know, a lot of chaos going on, but w when we look back, I often, it's often those moments where things kind of, you know, move forward in a significant way. And so that, that was, that was a perfect answer to that. And I can understand why that would stand out. Uh, that sounds really exciting. You had mentioned, 
uh, Joe Dispenza, um, and you're interested in neurology, I have a question for you. Are you familiar with uh, Paul Zak? You ever heard that name, Dr. Paul Zak? Z Z A K. No, I don't think so. so. He, he's in the same space, but from the the narrative, like storytelling perspective, he's one of my like kind of heroes, and he's been on the show a few a few years ago. But oh, his, I, I just wanted to like kind of turn you on to him because he yeah. he's a professor of neuroeconomics in in uh, Claremont Graduate University in California, and so how and why the brain makes decisions, and so he has studied a lot about the neurochemicals that are elevated in the brain when people hear a story specifically, and why mm. that drives people to take action, and his research, I mean, he's been studying this for, you know, well over a decade, his re research shows that, and so uh, I just wanted to, like, you know, mention him, because if you're kind of a neuroscience nerd or you're into that sort of stuff, you would really dig his material uh so i just wanted to mention that and you had also said this term and this was probably referring to joe but maybe somebody else i think you said distant mentors yeah i want to talk about that concept a little bit because i think it's very similar to one that i use called like digital mentors or someone who's like you can yeah. study from afar just because now social media has made everybody's life kind of more accessible to at least to witness and I don't know if it's yeah. the same concept, but can you talk a little bit more about what that means and how people can leverage uh, leverage a distant mentor, as you say? Oh, my gosh. This is why I love podcasts, because I feel like it just pulls back the curtain 100%. on conversations that you just never previously would be able to be a part of. Totally and it's it's just so it's so cool. So I, I love being able to feel a part of these conversations and to learn um, what they have to share, to just even listen to their thought process when they're explaining things. Um, there's a podcast called Diary of a CEO, and I just love hearing all of those CEOs on there because they really dive into their background and their journey. And when you hear that they are just real people and same with celebrities, it's like when you're young, you think, oh my gosh, are these people like aliens? What's the secret? <laughs> What's their superpower? What is it? It's our superpower. Yeah. And that's what I learned, you know, interviewing celebrities and connecting with them on a human level and same listening to podcasts and hearing incredibly powerful, impactful humans, um, listening to them talk about their stories and share their knowledge. It really, it really helps me to see that we're all human and it gives me validation in my mind. Like, on a relatable level where I'm like, wow, we're, we're not the same, but we're the same. And they, they aren't, they don't have some sort of secret superpower that I don't have or anything like that. So yeah, that's, that's why I love just, yeah. Right. Peeling back the curtain and hearing those conversations. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I definitely know that that's something that holds people back thinking there is some yeah. innate, magical talent that these people have that they don't have. And I'm not saying they're not talented, but the word I like to use is skilled, right? Nobody's out there just winning that hasn't been working their butts off. Maybe there's the, you know, small, small percentage of exceptions where just a stroke of luck hits somebody, right? But most people that we know, even if we don't see that part of them are very, very skilled and work very, very hard. And so, I think when we look at people as just like, oh, they're just so talented, it kind of puts us in this frame of mind, like, well, we can't do that. Instead of like, no, they've just been working at it a lot longer than I have and more strategically, and they have a better plan. Mm -hmm. And maybe now they have better tools and resources to, to achieve those things. And I think that's a misconception mm -hmm. a lot of people have is that I can't do what they do. What they have is special and like that there's not something special within you. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but I, I fully fully believe that it sounds like you do too which makes me happy um 100 yeah. i couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> i'm sure you could have i'm really interested <laughs> into the shy the shy girl um i also have struggled with that too i have a lot of people in my life that uh didn't know me growing up that like think i'm an extrovert and i'm like no i learned how to do this you know shout out to my mom and my totally. my brother but i was very like introverted and if i'm not controlling the situation I'm still that way. Like if it's a unknown, if I'm just thrown into a group of people, I can't just like perform. If I choose that group of people or I choose to be on stage in front of hundreds of people, then it's a different situation. But uh, yeah. I, th the reason I want to touch on that for a second is I think a lot of people, founders uh, and the people that you tend to help 
probably struggle with something. If it's not exactly that, it's something similar, some limiting belief of like, mm -hmm. well, I'm just me or I'm the CEO of a small company that's just getting started. Uh, and they aren't comfortable for whatever reason, whether it be shy or, or whatever, they aren't comfortable at this point putting their voice out there. Um, and yeah. so what I want to get to is like, what are the steps and strategies for them to get to that place? You keep um, kind of, you, you alluded to this, I'm, I forget how exactly you said it, but basically about finding their own voice, right? And uh, crafting, you know, th their story for the media outlets that they want to pursue. So I know that's kind mm -hmm. of a big question, but like for, for people who are hesitant, what are the ways that they can kind of flip that perspective like we've been talking about to make it easier for them? I know it is about flipped, flipping your perspective and realizing that it is so important to put yourself out there and be seen in order to make an impact. And it's not about you being in the spotlight and, you know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's like, who's out there who needs to hear from me, who needs to hear my story resonate with my journey, who I can inspire and even your expertise, your professional skills, like what are tools and skills and tips that you can share that people need to hear that can totally help them and change their lives. I think it's also really important to find expanders, which are like people like you, who you maybe relate to, um, who have achieved what you want to achieve. And this can be, again, helpful when you listen to people on podcasts or follow people on social media. They, and, and this helps for me in my mind, it's like they give evidence in your mind that your dreams are possible when you find people who are expanders like that for you. So that that's something that helped me, like I said earlier, just being so shy and uh, not, not always believing or knowing where my path could take me, but then finding people who I resonated with, who I was like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. And as far as just building up confidence, like I work with a lot of founders who are incredible behind the scenes, like they're so they've accomplished amazing things or even they're brand new and still growing, but they have a story to share and they have impactful, valuable information. Um, I kind of have this method and I called like the FPL method. So F would be the first step is to just like fantasize um, and visualize, like picture the scenario, get clear on what you want to do and the person who you want to be. And the other part of the F is feel. So like feel that mental rehearsal back to kind of the neuroscience of it, like rehearse and mentally rehearse, feel the emotions before it happens on whatever you're trying to accomplish, run through it in your mind and feel it. And then the P is to plan and to push. So once you're onto that step, it's like, what are the goals? What are the steps I need to take? Let's figure out where I need to go or what I need to do to go to where I want to be. And then taking that action, pushing yourself. It's like when I, when I pushed myself to apply for a job at entertainment tonight, it was taking that action. Even if it feels really scary and intimidating, just taking those baby's steps and taking that action in the direction that you want to go. And then the L is to learn and let go. So learning along the way is so huge. Like ask for help, research, um, find a mentor, shadow. I did a lot of shadowing when I worked entertainment tonight. I would just offer to help at red carpet events, even though I wasn't working them at all, but I learned so much. And it's so helpful to learn when you experience it in person. It's like a visceral, emotional thing that you're able to remember and then let go. I feel like it's so important to also trust, like Trust yourself and trust the unknown. Trust that, say, if you're going into a media interview, trust that you have the knowledge inside of you. Um, you have exactly enough experience um, that you need to just give a good interview, to share your value, and to take that next step. And yeah, let, let go and have some, some more trust rather than being really hard on yourself and thinking, oh my gosh, I have to accomplish all these things and do all these things like you said earlier, there, there can be a stroke of luck too. like trust that the universe is kind of on your side, as opposed to thinking everything has to be hard. Um, you know, what? <laughs> no, no, no. It's so <laughs> I know that good. Was a lot. I, just, I, I told you we could probably talk for, forever, <laughs> but 
What I love about the F I'm looking at my notes from the FPL method is um, it's almost equal parts intellectual and practical and emotional, right? Like the fantasize and, you know, and the, the uh, letting go and even the feel aspects are right. Like, the emotional journey that you have to go through to be able to do this, which we've, we've been hovering around this whole time, which yeah. is so, is such an important part of the process. I think often people think it's, it's either, or it's one or the other, and it's always both. It's always both. And, and then, and then totally. the plan, the, the push, the learn, like that's all the intellectual stuff that has to be done as well. It's the heart and the head. And I'm always kind of fascinated with the, that kind of aspect of duality right art and science you know etc cetera, etc cetera. that's actually one of the taglines of our of our show breaking down the art and science of storytelling even in stories it's like there's the yeah. surface level the plot the events the characters and then there's the emotional journey of what the story is really about it's the same and so i just saw that so yeah. evidently in the fpl method is that yeah it's it's still literally 50 percent like actionable practical intellectual steps but then 50 percent emotional mm -hmm. transformation that you have to go through the let go is so important like the both the fantasize and the let go that kind of uh book in that process is so important um thank you for sharing that i love that so much yeah yeah thank you for pointing that out you're right it's a yes. holistic approach and it can be easy it's, it's it's so easy to get wrapped up in all the details and get really overwhelmed mm. and let fear creep in but gosh every time that i just kind of let go a little bit that's when abundance flows and things become so much easier when I'm we just We can like, have a whole nother okay. conversation about like abundance versus scarcity uh, and mindfulness and, and, and manifestation. Um, yeah, that letting go is what creates the space, right? For something else to enter it. When we're so rigid and trying yeah. to force things and control things, we're making a, this tight compartment that we exist in and that whatever our project or passion exists in and it leaves no other space to breathe or for anything else, any other energy to enter it. And I know that might sound yeah. woo woo to some people, but it's so true. Like you can't be that rigid with anything you're trying to accomplish in life. And you can, what I love about concepts like this and how I know they're true is you can apply them to different uh, facets and aspects of life. I already mentioned one that we said earlier in like the financial space, but let's take one, like I can take that yeah. and apply it to fitness or health, right? It's like, it's not just, you know, it took a while for me to learn in my fitness journey and, and other people as well. I know that it's not just about the work. It's also the rest and recovery mm -hmm. <laughs> that achieves the growth. And it's the right. same thing. You have to have this ebb and flow and, <clears throat> To me, that's what I hear when you say that is like that space of letting go is equally as important mm -hmm. as the work that you're putting in. And now there is nothing yep. more easy to overlook and neglect than those aspects of the journey of just letting go. Right. It's it's easy to grind and work. Right. But it's it's, it's actually really challenging to say, like, you know what? I've done the work. Now I'm going to let go. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> that's so beautifully said. And something that, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And something that Dr. Joe Dispenza says is the magic is in the unknown. So trusting in the unknown, trusting in that space, giving yourself the space and being excited for the unknown. It's like magic doesn't come from knowingness. Like you can't predict the magic of your future. And so the magic is in the unknown. It's just so, it's so fun that's to think a of quotable. it that way. Doesn't come from. Uh, give me a second. Sorry. God, that's so good. Me too. Oh, I me love too. this conversation. I know. We're on the know, same page, right? If we can get the rest <laughs> of these people listening on the same page, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I really love that. I really love that. Um, all right, let me get back focused. You're, 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 you're killing me here, Kaylee. Uh, in the best, in the best way possible. I, I should add. Um, Okay, let's let now let's we've all right, okay. We've been in the emotional space. Let's shift back a little bit to the intellectual space. Um how do we how do we craft our story in a way that, that makes it makes the media outlet, whomever that might be, podcaster or traditional big you know, big big media outlet, that makes them uh say an easy yes, right? Like how do we make it easy for them to say, like, yeah. oh, I see that. Sure, come on the show. Definitely. Um, 
when it comes to crafting your PR story, the first step is what we already discussed, which is kind of prepping your mindset to up-level your visibility. You do want to be prepared to be seen on bigger platforms and be more visible. So we already covered that. Um, I think the next step would to is what I help my clients with is to just get really clear on what you want to be known for. So ask yourself, like, how do you want to publicly position yourself? Think about your future self. What are they known for? Who are they helping? What are they teaching? And how are they being seen by mass audiences? So getting clear, um, that would be another step is just getting clear on what you want to be known for. And then the next step is to think about what topics you would want to talk about in a media interview. And this can be professional or personal topics. And it's what you want to talk about, what you're willing to speak about publicly. So for professional, I tell my clients to write down a list of all the topics they believe that they're an expert in. And you don't need a certification. It just needs to be like, or you can't have certification, but just like real world experience. And then same with personal. Um, write down personal topics that you are okay with speaking about publicly. And it can be something that can paint the picture of who you are, what you want to be known for, and that version of yourself that you are publicly positioning in the media. And then another tip is something I like to call the name drop. So like, what is that it factor, like that aha thing about you that makes people kind of do a double take. Like think about when you're talking about yourself with someone or like a new acquaintance and you have those few kind of impressive things about you and your business that always make people's ears perk up and their mind kind of does a double take that you can, that you notice. Think about what those things are about your life, your business, all of the above. And maybe you even feel kind of like cringy bringing them up because they're like okay. humble brags. But I always say like own your humble brag. It makes you so memorable. And that humble brag is what the media is going to totally be intrigued by and interested in. And so that can be some examples of that would be like achievements, personal, professional, um, maybe something interesting about your upbringing, your education, maybe you've hit some really awesome milestones, maybe you work with really impressive clients or high profile people, um, just something impressive about you, whether there's like an amazing but true fact or story about your life. This is kind of to get like yeah. people brainstorming what their, what their name drop is. Um, another thing could be your age, if you're at an interesting age yeah. in your industry, um, anything with numbers, if you can share like revenue numbers or client numbers, things like that. So the name drop would be something that you would really want to hone in on when it comes to getting media exposure. And then two more things. The second to last is thinking about you as a thought leader. So think about what you have to share with the media that makes you a thought leader. Do you have a differing opinion? Do you have an opposing angle or like a new narrative to what's already being reported on in your industry? Maybe I like to ask my clients, like, what are your predictions for the future of your industry? Um, just any sort of insight that isn't being reported on or some sort of information or knowledge that you have um, that makes you an authority in your industry that you can speak on. And then the last one are just takeaways. So what value are you giving? Like when, when you pitch yourself to media, there needs to be some value, some insight, something kind of fresh that'll just get audiences reading and listening and watching and clicking on your story. So yeah, getting that reporter and media contact excited to do a story, like why should they cover this now? What is the value? Um, so that's kind of, those are like the questions, the brainstorming um, topics of my framework when it comes to crafting your PR yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, I'm going to tweet so, so many of these little sound bites and I'm just going to pretend like they're my yeah. own and I came up with them. Uh, yeah, it's, you should Do really it. consider uh, a career in, you know, something where you're sharing, helping people share these ideas. Um, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's no wonder you landed where you did. Okay. I got time for, for, for one more question. It's a, it's a big, it's a bigger one, but I think that this, this, see if you can bear with me on this one. Cause I want to try to, uh, kind of workshop, uh, live, uh, for, for the folks listening. Um, I alluded to this earlier and I don't want to, to digress too much and make it about uh, my story, but I'm a co-founder at a new startup right now and we're pre-launched. So there's just a lot of tumultuous activity, 
going on, a lot of interest. We're doing a lot of testing um, at, at the current stage. The one of the issues that we mm -hmm. are facing is like we're starting our social media strategy. I can contribute to a lot to that, but I'm a co-founder. So there's a million other things I'm having to work on. So I can't really be that hands-on. And I know how mm -hmm. we could benefit from PR, um, you know, and getting, getting uh, some of this earned media attention. However, the problem that I'm struggling mm -hmm. with is like our social media manager who could help with that. We're scrappy right now, so we can't afford to just get like the whole package, right? And we're also scrappy, so we're all wearing multiple yeah. hats. Um, and yeah. just it's like a time issue, right? Time and resource mm -hmm. issue that we're struggling with at this stage in the startup. So what I'm personally totally. curious in, uh, about, and so this is what I mean by you can kind of workshop with me for the folks to, to witness, is like for someone in that environment, Again, we're kind of at this, this this space where you're like over resourced or uh, under resourced and overwhelmed. What is some advice? Totally. Like, what would you do with me at this point when we don't have a lot of money, don't have a lot of time, <laughs> you know, don't have a lot of team mm -hmm. that we could just start to? Because I, but I know the importance of getting out there because we're at, right now we're a very local mm -hmm. company, and so. I know that if I could start getting out there, it would really help spread. Our company is going to really benefit from word of mouth advertising like this. So how okay. would one in that situation, in that predicament, leverage PR and, and earn media when they feel like, I just don't, I don't have the time for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have the resources to hire an agency, if you, yeah, you're a startup, you're figuring it out on your own. I think being super intentional with your media outreach, I think the first step would be doing kind of a, com a competitor analysis. So who are other maybe startups or just companies in your industry who are getting media exposure that you would want to get? So start making a list of who these competitors are and what media they're getting. So what podcasts are they getting on? What local news stations are they speaking on? What niche and or broad big time digital print articles, print outlets are they getting featured in? Start writing down what those outlets are. And I would even take it a step further and you can just be really intentional with this and take a few hours of your week to do this. But I would start writing down who the podcast hosts are, who the journalists are, who are, who are the ones writing these articles, um, who's a producer at the TV station and find those, find those email addresses and just start to create a little list and just take a few hours a week to sit down, um, write up your pitch, explain who you are. And you want it to be very succinct because journalists, people in the media right. don't have a lot of time. They get many, many emails, um, but create an intriguing um, subject line first and foremost, think of it as your headline because um, you want to make sure that those emails are open first and foremost. And then just explain who you are, um, a little bit about your company and all of the things we talked about when it comes to crafting your PR story, put that in a pitch and you can be intentional and start to relationship build. So if, if you find a journalist who wrote about your competitor, you can say, oh my gosh, I read your piece on so-and-so. I really resonated with XYZ. Um, my name is, my name is rain. This is my startup. Um, if you're interested in covering, we do this, this, and this, and we can offer value to your audiences by sharing tips on X, Y, Z, and just kind of intentionally reaching out to people and starting to, um, put your name top of mind for these people and just introduce yourself, introduce your company. So they know that you exist and that they can come to you, whether it's for a story they're working on where they need an expert who is in your industry so they can speak to you as an expert and nope. yep. oh, shoot, I cut out um yeah I wasn't sure if I cut out or not but yeah if they can speak to you as an expert or since you said you're local like definitely reach out to local news stations and 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 say that you are a local startup um and we can talk about this just come up with some ideas for a segment but yeah, my tip would just to be really intentional, introduce yourself to those people and uh, send Thank out your you. Pitches. I think the competitor analysis is actually super, that's a super helpful idea because often people are just like, you know, they kind of wish for it or maybe they reach out and, and don't do that, their due diligence in, in terms of that. And that's a really uh, 
a really effective way, I think, to not, not cut corners, but to be intentional, to use your words. So that was super helpful. So for everybody listening, sorry, that was a little selfish, but hopefully you learned uh, something too. No, that was, yeah, because that was a really I'm, good I'm not question. the only one going through that, right? And so, uh, but that was very helpful. Yeah. And so was the whole conversation. I appreciate you being here so much. I like, this was awesome. Uh, I'm so glad I totally vibed with you. Aww. And, and uh, the audio version will come out uh, next week. And so I'll be in touch with you about that. But I just want to say, like, Amazing. if there's anything that I can do to help you, like, I, I am on Team Kaylee Media like 100% now after meeting <laughs> you and talking with you. So let me know. Oh, you're so sweet. Totally. I know we're on the same wavelength. That was such a lovely, beautiful, valuable conversation. I feel Aww. very fulfilled. And you do such a good job leading the conversation and coming up with the questions. And yeah, I really appreciate you, appreciate well. you having Absolutely. me. All right. Thank well, have so a great much. day and I'll be talking to you soon. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us. And that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow. And that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a story coaching and consulting company that builds online education, in-person and virtual training, and digital products that help businesses master storytelling to find their ideal customers and market to them effectively. You can learn more at sixsecondstories.com and purchase the book Six Second Stories at Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or rainbennett.com slash sixsecondstories. 